Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Yes, 
We talked about so many other things. We talked about, oh, IBS, that irritable bowel syndrome, and that could possibly cause your uh, chronic pelvic pain. What about uterine fibroids? Yes, yes, we've all heard of those fibroids that can definitely cause some discomfort in your pelvic area. And I tell you, it was just a phenomenal conversation yesterday. So, you know, we really enjoyed having Dr. Gordon on yesterday. We uh, could not finish off a Monday morning properly. If we did not get the switch tip with Shanti's, build on good deeds. You know, Pastor KL, he's the one who always says, you know, don't let your good deeds go unspoken. Is that the way first goes? I think that is, because he talks about He always quotes that one. And, uh, you know, when I heard the switch tip yesterday and I, you know, build on your good deeds, you know, I really thought about that thing. And, you know, I don't think a lot of us realize that, you know, you can take a hundred good deeds that you've done and stack them up and take one bowling ball and knock them all down with one bad deed. Yeah, you actually can. I don't think a lot of you know that. Yeah, you can undo every good thing you've done by doing one bad thing because it wipes out in some people's memory all the good things you've done. It wipes out from God's account. You know, sometimes, you know, we don't realize that that one thing could just wipe out any memory of, you know, boy, it's quite noisy in this world today. (laughs) Um, You know, I think about the fact that I've literally seen, you know, I've literally heard people say, you know, one thing, and it'll rip something down. No, it doesn't take 15 things to do it sometimes. Sometimes it can be done with just one thing. Have you ever, you know, had that happen to you where, you know, somebody says, something and, and, you know, it just causes such damage or someone does something and it causes such damage, you know, look at cheaters. You know, we always talk about cheaters here on this due time with Pastor Steph and, you know, what do you think happens for a relationship when, you know, someone, it's, uh... (laughs) It's found that someone's been cheating. And what happens? You sit there and you think about all the stuff that happened. Like, oh, is that the reason why they came home late that day? Is that why when they came home, I had made that dinner? 
and they didn't want to eat, or we were supposed to go out, and all of a sudden, they got that phone call. None of the good stuff they've ever done matters. <laughs> all the stuff that they did bad matters. So we need to really take the time to build on the good things that have done. You know, and I want to tell you something. I don't know if Shantis took it from this angle, but not only should we look at it from actually what you do, but also how we think of what the other person does. And I say that to you ladies because, again, you know, he could do like 15 great things and then he comes along and he does that one thing and it just kind of wipes out all the good things he's done. Um, You know, do you really want to tear up your relationship from that one thing? You really got to ask yourself that because that's part of forgiveness. And, you know, and it's it's really, for all of us, it's a part of love. You know, that true love, that true love that's spoke about in the Bible when it says, love does not keep a record of wrongdoing. It doesn't keep a record of wrongdoing. And that's, you know, they could have been working hard and working hard and working hard and then, all of a sudden, they do something, and it's like, you just don't even care anymore. Because they've hurt you so badly. So, you know, not only should you build on all the good things that you've done, so that, you know, you can, you know, let God see, you know, that your, you know, your focus is on Him. Your focus is on living on his commandments and all the things that he's told you to do. That's that's a tall order. I don't know how many of you are thinking about it on both sides. Because we really have to. We can't only think about, you know, what we've done because the same way we don't like, you know, we wouldn't like rather for someone to just kind of undo all of the good things that we've done by that one thing. We want some mercy. You know, it, it could be. It could be where the one thing we do wipes away everything, you know, that we did great or good. At least in our minds, we want that concession, right? Well, that's the way we have to think about how we love people. You know, and again, it's it's a tall order. It's a tall order. It's a tall order. It's something that you really, really got to work on, really got to think about. Because hurt is hurt. At the end of the day, hurt is hurt. And uh, that's the way people remember things. They remember the hurt before they remember the good. Okay? Come on. You know how that goes. You know how that goes. You didn't been hurt before. And it don't even matter what they've done. 
It doesn't matter what they've done. And see, that's different than when God looks at things. How God looks at things is much different than when we look at things. You know, the Bible says that God says, My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we don't ever, you know, equate to the Lord. So, you know, built on, you know, let me make sure I'm quoting this. Okay, I was right. Build on good deeds is not just for you and what you do. That is the acceptance of others. And because, you know, what we do can tear the house down. And it would seem as though that foundation was built on wood, stubble, and hay, as they used to say. Not brick, not concrete. Something that's easily blown down. And that's the other thing. You want to build on good deeds that are strong. Not this shallow stuff. And see, that's what helps it get ripped, it gets ripped down like that. Because what you did... And when people look back, it ends up being very shallow. When you build on good deeds, you want to build on something concrete. You don't want to build something that's weak. And that way, whatever happens, you know, there's something goes wrong. Because nobody's going to do everything right at all times. But when you build on those good deeds, make sure you're, you're putting in your best. Because when you put in your best, it can't get ripped down. Alrighty? Alrighty. Well, I tell you, you need to go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Because it was powerhouse. It was a powerhouse. You know, like I told you yesterday, you know, God is blessing us. We get all this stuff for free. There are no co-pays. There's no, you know, uh, 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 electronic bill. There's no, you know, statement in the mail. This is absolutely free. How great is our God? All right? All righty. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And oh boy, I gotta tell you, I don't know, you know, again, I feel like the stuff that I pulled up, I pulled up a whole lot of stuff to talk about. I know that, you know, I'm not feeling all, you know, sometimes not until I actually pull up, you know, the the, uh, article again. So let's see how it goes today. Hopefully it'll be something that I'll feel confident about talking about. So come on, let's get this moaning started. All right? All right. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go nowhere because we will be right back. I'm Joe Flacco, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm also a proud supporter of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. My niece Chelsea was born with cystic fibrosis. CF is a rare disease that shortens lives. The CF Foundation is making great progress towards a cure. 
but we're not in the end zone yet. We still lose young people to CF every day. I want Chelsea and all people with CF to live long and full lives. Join a team that saves lives. Support the search for a cure today. Oh my. 
Ooh, we're quite confident. So they are charging him with vehicle theft, aggravated assault, evading arrest, reckless driving, driving without a license, and leaving the scene of a crash and failure to report a crash. Now, I'm interested in knowing when you go to juvenile detention, when you coming up out of there? Let me read you these charges again. Vehicle theft, aggravated assault, evading arrest, reckless driving, driving without a license, leaving the scene of a crash, and failure to report a crash. That's seven charges. And, you know, I think about when kids used to go to juvenile detention years ago. Because he's only 14. He ain't going, you know, to no major jail out in Tennessee. And, you know, so I think about when, when they used to go to juvenile detention back in the day, you went for, like, petty stuff. You know, like joyriding or, you know, stuff like that. You know, stealing. This here, oh, they have definitely upgraded the business of going into the juvenile detention center. They are really not playing. And when you go up in there, you're going to have to face the big boys. So you ain't got to land in no major... Uh, jail, no adult jail to deal with some people who have really done some crime. The only difference is the age. I t- didn't I tell you before? They are, when I tell you they are coming up with charges, they are coming up with some charges. My gosh. Okay, what else are we talking about? I told you, I'm warning you. I don't have no that real let's talk about it Tuesday stuff like I normally do. These last couple of weeks, Monday night's news has been whack. I even got up at 5 o'clock this morning looking for some news to talk about. And I'm just like, yo, where's the news at? So y'all just got to bear with me. Y'all just got to bear with me. So now check this out. There's this author. Let me see where she's from. She's from Salt Lake City, Utah. So she has written a book about grieving. Yeah, she's written a book about, you know, a children's book about grieving. And, you know, they have given her all kind of accolades and stuff like that. And, uh... She seems to be doing really well. And they say that she called the authorities in the middle of the night back in March of 22 to report that her husband was cold to the touch. So this mother of three told the officers that she had made her husband a mixed vodka drink to celebrate him selling a home and then she went to soothe one of her children to sleep in the in their bedroom. 
And when she returned, she found him unresponsive, so she called 911. When the medical examiner (laughs) did the autopsy, they found that he had five times the lethal dosage of fentanyl in his system. And guess who's being charged? Homegirl, who wrote the book about grieving. Yeah. So they say the charges are based on the officer's interactions with her the night that they went there and (laughs) they did all this questioning. Now, she, two months ago, she appeared on some local TV show to promote her book, Are You With Me?, a picture book that she wrote to help kids cope after death of a loved one. And now uh, she's facing charges of murder. Now, can you imagine if it comes out that she is actually the one who killed her husband? Now, she's going to have to explain to her kids what happened, and she's going to be in jail, so she they going to need that book because she ain't going to be there to help them with the grieving process. And I was looking at this thing, and I'm like, Lord, I hope they wrong. I'm serious. Because that's got to be some kind of a blow. You know, right now, again, you know, she's a mother of three, you know, so, you know, they don't say the ages of the children, you know, and she doesn't look all that old either and they don't say their ages in this article but like I said she doesn't look that old and my thing is if they are of the age let's say even 7 or 8 or 9 you know these kids are not stupid and they're going to remember you know she said she went to soothe you know, what are her children to sleep? I hope they are babies. I really hope they're babies. Because this is going to be quite a blow. If this comes out that she killed their father. And remember, we've talked about that here on his due time before. Where, you know, get after one of the, you know... The other parent, you know, this parent, you know, does something to the other parent. And nobody's thinking about the children in the middle of this all. So they don't say, you know, that they found that, you know, she's had, you know, they, the two of them had relationship issues or anything like that. They're not saying anything like that. But they're just saying that um, they found that there was some narcolepsy drug that was in her possession. And uh, the the drug is GHB. So they say this is the type of drug that they find, like a recreational drug that they find, like in clubs and stuff like that, that they use to, you know, kind of 
get high off those drugs. And that's what they found in his system. So I guess they're saying that, you know, well, if he had this type of drug and this amount of drugs in his system, then how would you not know it and you not have to, you know, call, let's say, 911, but he was so well that you were able to make this this, uh, vodka mix and now he's dead and cold to the touch. So, you know, is it possible that he could have had the drug in his system and when she gave him the drink, it was too much? That's possible. Now, I'm not a detective and I'm not the conspiracy theorist as Pastor Charlotte. But, uh, like I said, I sure hope that the children are babies and they won't have to endure all of the uh, trial and the scandal. Or I hope that they find someone else who's actually responsible for the death before she actually starts the trial if she's actually innocent. Okay, I need like a 15-second pause, please. Thank you. Oh, I don't know how you people deal with these allergies. This is horrible. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, what else are we talking about this morning? Oh, boy. Oh, 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 here we go again. Here we go again. So here we are in Louisiana. And like I said, you know, for those of you who watch the news, you know, listen to the news, read the news, you may have heard this already, but here we go again with this quote-unquote mistaken, uh, you know, uh, shooting someone or mistakenly shooting someone. So you have this 14-year-old who was playing hide-and-seek in Louisiana with their friend, and they were actually on someone else's property. Do I have to complete the sentence? So they say that this David Doyle, 58, said that they there were some kids who were playing well, he didn't know they were kids, supposedly. He said he told they told he told the deputies he went out uh he was outside and he heard and saw some shadows outside his home. So he went inside, grabbed his gun, and when he saw the people scattering, he fired and shot a 14-year-old in the back of the head. I'm not understanding these cases that these people are being charged with, none of these people really posed a threat before they were shot. Not one of them. Not one of them. And we always say it all the time. 
you have one, now you have a hundred. So he's charged with aggravated battery, four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm, and illegal discharge of a firearm. They're not mentioning this week. Business about stand your ground. But yeah, that that was his uh that was his, his, his explanation. So it was a girl, it was a fourteen year old girl that they, they didn't release a name. And uh, she was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Oh, my God, how blessed. Again, another child shot in the head and able to walk away. So God is definitely putting a protective barrier around our children. I don't understand these people. He said he saw shadows. He didn't even see nobody. I guess the shadows meant people or a person, but he said it was multiple. But he did not say anybody was coming toward him. He said he saw shadows, and then everybody or the bodies or the different shadows kind of was leaving the property, and he fired. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't understand this stuff here. You know what? Pastor KL formed a coined the phrase in my former life. I coined the phrase, and this is why we need Jesus. This is why we need Jesus. Because you just, in these days and times, you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. Oh, my God, you just don't know. All right, so we have this other story. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hold on to that one. I'm gonna hold on to that one because I want to definitely talk to my to my pastoral team about that one. Let me see what else I got here. I told you I don't have anything really like earth, you know, shattering, but I do have a couple of goodies. So let's see. All right. Uh, nope, I'm going to save that one, too. All right. Okay, here's something that I do want to talk about. Ladies. Ladies, ladies, ladies. This one is for you. There's this woman, this Lisa Dewey, who's 36 years old. And she says she's been getting these Joe manicures for years without any issues. She says, until recently, when she developed severe pain and inflammation and her nails began to fall off. She said it was so bad, she thought she was going to lose the whole finger or fingers. She said it started, the pain started back in February. She said she had just gotten a fresh manicure. And it had become inflamed with the polish um, peeling away from the nail bed. She said at the time the doctors just attributed it to like a bacterial infection. And she was given a steroid cream and some antibiotics to fight it. She said the pain and the signs of infections seemed to go away 
So she ended up getting her nails done in April. Now, to me, that was stupid. That was stupid. Even if you thought it was, you know, the bacterial infection, give it some time. Give it some time because ultimately you don't know where the infection came from. But she did it. She got her her nails done in April again, and she probably went to the same place because that's what we do, right? We go to where we know and who we're happy with. She said within days, her nails began to peel away from the nail bed. She said her skin was like paper tearing away from her fingers. She said leaving her in so much pain that she could barely move her hands at all. She said her concerns heightened when her nail bed turned purple. And that led her to suspect she had had, she developed some kind of an allergy to the nail products. So she said the ongoing pain was so debilitating that she struggled to wash her daughter's hair, hold a pen, wash dishes, and even put on a seat belt. And her husband had to do all of this stuff for her. The inflamed fingernails also curtailed her um, from, you know, feeling good. And this is where, you know, she really went downhill mentally because now, you know, this is all of her cosmetic um, uh, practice. You know, I do my nails, I do my lashes, you know, I do my this, I do my that. You know what I'm saying? You know how we do. And so now her confidence is completely gone. She doesn't want it. She didn't want to go anywhere. And she pretty much does it. She pretty much doesn't. She doesn't go anywhere anymore. She said that um, she pretty much stays in the house now. And they say dermatologists have recently reported seeing an increase in allergic reaction to this acrylic and nail of the gel nails. And uh, you need to watch out, ladies. They said the chemicals used in acrylic and gel, gel nail manicures are known to trigger contact allergies. And... Uh, it's a big epidemic in the UK and Ireland and has been for years. So they say that the chemicals can cause severe itchy rash anywhere on the body, making the source of the reaction difficult to diagnose. And they say in some cases people report their nails are loose off or are falling off. So ladies, please be careful. What I'm thinking is between the nails itself, the, the gel, and the, um, the uh, what do you call it, the chemicals. And then you think about how many times these people really don't clean these manicuring utensils, manicure utensils. You know, we've talked about that before where they throw that stuff. They throw those things. They rinse them off real quick. They throw them in the in the in the heat that heat thing, and then before you know it, they're ripping it out. 
so that they can use it on someone else. And here's the thing. It's the infection is in other other parts of your body. So again, it's not contained to your hands or your feet. Well, how could it be? Bacteria and infection, once it gets into your system, it goes everywhere. So, you know, just please be careful. You know, don't be out here not paying attention. I know when you go for different testing um, at the hospital or clinic or when you have surgery or whatever, they make you take those nails, that nail polish off, things like that, because you see how she said it turned purple. Her nails, her nails turned purple. Yeah, they need to see that stuff because the oxygen is in your body is shown through your fingernails and your toenails. So when you go for surgery, they make you take that stuff off. So please watch your body. Watch your body. You know, I always tell you, know your body, know when things change, know when things shift, you know, know when things are not going right with your body because you definitely want to be able to see and be able to tell the doctor when this stuff started going wrong, okay? All righty now. I got a little bit of bad, bad news. This is not a good, uh... This is not a good report, but or a good story. So you have this doctor in Brazil, and he's delivering a baby. So they induce 33-year-old Renelli Santos's. Um, you know, they induce her labor, and. Uh, she already has a nine-month-old little girl, a nine-year-old little girl, excuse me. And he invites the dad to come in and watch the labor, you know, be a part of the delivery, rather. And he puts pressure on her belly, and, you know, as he's trying to remove the baby from mom, he actually rips the baby's head off. Now, this is not one of those National Enquirer stories. This is to show you how fragile an infant is. And if you ever notice, when we're looking at TV or movies, you know, there's, this process of delivery is so, so fragile. You know, they always say that when you are in labor and when you are delivering your baby, you got one foot in the grave and one foot out. And if you ever notice, they're telling you, you know, push, push, and then they'll tell you stop pushing because part of that process has to be the baby coming out on its own. You know, they, they don't do anything to kind of pull or tug at the baby, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons why they tell you to push, you know, so that the baby can come out on its own. You know, they don't say anything about the baby was uh, 
um, you know, there was a hard time with the baby coming out. Um, but they did say, the father did say that he knew the baby was alive because he saw the baby blinking and moving her mouth. And this has got to be some devastating occurrence. So they said that this was all over Brazil before you could even blink twice. And they, uh, now check this out. This is why I'm telling you about this story. They said that the hospital social worker said that the facility would cover the burial costs, but only if they agreed to sign a waiver that the autopsy had already been performed and that it would not be forwarded to the Legal Medical Institute. How do you deliver this type of message? You understand that this happened during the process of a woman's delivery with the husband standing there. That's one thing for her to deliver the baby because we all know that if she's in a regular delivery position, she ain't seeing this. Because they surely don't put a mirror up there for you to watch. So whether this actually happened or not, she would not have seen it. But he was at the foot of the bed and he did see it. And you, a social worker, now we always talk about how the social workers got to have a heart for the job because, first of all, the situations that a social worker faces is 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 not a happy one. You don't need a social worker just because. Okay? You, you just don't. It's almost like a doctor. You know, it's, you know, most times doctors ain't delivering a whole bunch of good news. But you're a social worker. You should be on the side of the family. How do you possibly go to these people and say, okay, you know, they're going to pay the, 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 the burial cost, but only if. I don't care what that part was. I don't care. First of all, the least you could do, even if the baby, if, it, if this didn't happen to the baby, if this gruesome, nasty thing did not happen to the baby, if it was any level of negligence, on the part of a doctor, then you should automatically pay the burial expenses. It was his fault. But you go to this family with a clause and a clause like that, and if you if you if you find that the autopsy was already done, oh my gosh, these people need to be put in jail just for their lack of morals. Oh, they, you know what? Okay. I got one more story before I do Tom Cruise. Comes on. And this is this is another moral <laughs> question. Question of morals. 
So you have this woman who hits the lotto. She hits the lottery. She does a scratch-off. She does a scratch-off lottery ticket, and she won tens of thousands of dollars. And she will not share the money with her husband. Now, there's no problems in the marriage. There's no greed on his part. She didn't say that, you know, oh, he's hawking me or blah, 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 blah. He said to her, you know, oh, hey, babe, you know, we should put this in a joint account because they have three accounts, his, hers, yours, mine, and ours. She said, no way. It was her ticket. She bought it with her money. And she ain't sharing anything other than what she feels she should share. So if I want to give you $100, I give you $100. If I want to give you anything, I don't want to give you anything. And I won't. But I show eight. I show eight putting this in our account. Oh, you got to love these people. You got to love these people. You got to love, love. I even said love. You got to love these people. Oh, it's time for me to talk to my due time crew with my Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Money, money, money. talk about that in a hot second. These people are something else, something else, something else. All right, Pastor Sean, you got this 14-year-old kid who steals the school bus. Now, they are charging him with, hold on now, I just lost my, uh, they are charging him with so listen up, guys, because I'm, I'm going to say this to you. So count all your fingers. Vehicle theft, aggravated assault, evading arrest, reckless driving, driving without a license, leaving the scene of a crash, and failure to report a, a crash. They say that he stole a bus. He was driving up to 65 miles per hour. He hit a diesel fuel pump. He allegedly tried to run over a person at a local supermarket, what kind of time should he get past the shop? Jesus, he should just stay there. His whole, you said he's 14? 14. Okay, well, he'll be there for, he'll see his whole life right there. All of that that he done did, he'll try, purposely try to run somebody over as well, right? Am I correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, he's in there for a long, long, long time. He won't see maybe 80. <laughs> 70, 80. He'll come out. She yeah. said maybe 80. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Pastor Charlie, yeah. you ain't playing. Oh, my, 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 my. See, Alrighty. you do it on purpose, right? If you're yeah. doing it, you know, on purpose, well... Sometimes your purpose will get us all in trouble. You didn't have time to think about it, but you did. And so since you did the crime, we got to do the time sometimes. Mm-hmm. All righty. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, what kind of time 
Should the doctor get for this? Uh, oh gosh, I want to know what kind of time should the social worker get for approaching the family to sign this waiver? If the they'll pay. Oh my lord, they'll pay the. Um, and I mean, oh my lord, because you this is something else. You know, the doctor mistakenly, and I'm sure it was not done intentionally, but it was no less negligent. He he, take the baby's head off, pulls the baby's head off while he's delivering this baby. And they now want the family in exchange for burial of this baby to sign a waiver that they would, that they had already done the, the, the autopsy and they would not forward that autopsy to the legal medical institute. What do you think the repercussions for just the offer of something? Is that a criminal charge in your mind? Yes, absolutely. Um, I thought of not only should they go to jail, but even to back up, how hard was you pulling? Because remember those um, them clamps back in the day yeah. they used to pull a baby yeah. out with? Okay, yeah. I was thinking of that. And then I also was thinking of, um, where was this happen? Something else happened before for y'all to automatically to come up with that don't ah, Yeah, you know. Um, and this particular doctor, or how about this particular place? You know, right. have y'all had other incidents, right? So you think of that as well. Um, I also thought of you know just being in the father's shoes to see this, you know, my thought was that that doctor wouldn't have, well, my kid's father, that doctor wouldn't have still been standing there. <laughs> so everybody would have been, he would have been in jail and, you know, they would have left me on the table, you know, all kind of craziness <laughs> would have happened, you know. Just saying. Charlotte, the rest of the baby got to come out. The rest of the baby still got to be delivered. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, listen, oh you know, you will have a flash. I'll be still pushing. I said I'd still be on the table. Oh, what? oh my <laughs> gosh. Know, I but truly, yes, everybody, Um, she should definitely went to jail. But my thought is, what else have y'all hidden? What else have y'all got other people to sign? And give, you know, and help them, thinking that you're helping them, and you're really not. So, yes, I think yeah. go to jail as well. Yeah, because that's a bit much. Mm-hmm. That's a bit much to approach somebody with. Okay, so now you have this woman <laughs> who, you know, she hits for tens of thousands of dollars with her scratch off. And she's like, well... I'm not sure. No, he's like, put this in, you know, babe, put this in the, ooh, we hit. Put this in the joint account. And she was like, oh, I think not. This is not a yours, mine, and ours. This is a mine's. <laughs> oh, what's, just what's your thought? I don't know. Just what's your thought? <laughs> My thought is when I won, you know that long drive? <laughs> That the men normally go to the store and they don't return. <laughs> you know what? That was oh my story. <laughs> oh my that goodness. Was my story. The whole marriage. 
But being being right, okay. Because you know, listen, when you hit some money like that or get some money, it don't matter. It only have to be the lottery. You get some money, right? The first thing you think of is you. Oh, I won, you know, and this is what I want to do with it, right? But like you said, there was no nothing going on with the marriage. Everything was good. Hey. So I would have to drive back. Okay. So I will have to drive back and share with my husband. I don't know. Well, I give you some. I keep some. Some will go for the house. You know, then other people be trying to get. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now let's talk well, about them getting kids. What you say? I can't hear you. I say. Let's think about it. We're going to give it to the kids, too. <laughs> oh, shucks now. Well, uh, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Are you saying that we wouldn't see you on the do? We wouldn't hear you on the do time with Pastor Steph anymore because you ain't got time. You'd be spending them bucks. Well, I should sure get on. I'd be at the, the, you know, on the island or somewhere. You know, I snapshot a picture. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Look, oh, I'll throw a seed into the ministry, you know. <laughs> you just don't know where I'm at. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You don't gracious. know where I'm at. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Pastor Charlotte. <laughs> Thank you for time. still being a part of this is for you. This is, this is for you and uh, Pastor KL. I won't be saying, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll be a turn, a permanent turnaround. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor Charlotte. Let's talk to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I hear you doing well over there. That was a hearty hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 All right. Amen. All right. We got this 14-year-old who is has seven charges for stealing the school bus when they went to uh, throw the spike uh, across the you know across the road. He actually slowed the bus down, tried to back up and turn it around. Oh, he was really killing his driving. Um, you know, what kind of time should he get for all of this this here? Life, 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 life. <laughs> <laughs> you and Pastor Charlotte ain't cutting him no break. Wow. Oh man. Yeah, he's getting life. He 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 thought it. I mean, too, too much thought went into this. He saw the spikes. He turned around. He he knew. That 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 they got him. He still was trying to go. He tried to run over people who wasn't even involved in the shenanigans. You know, he, he knocking over diesel trucks. You watching too much Dukes of Hazard or something? I don't know. Both of them watching now. Dukes of Hazard. Oh my gosh, we haven't seen Dukes of Hazard in decades. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness. Oh, all right. Well. Pastor Gail says life. All right, Pastor Gail. All right, you got this doctor. 
who, while delivering this baby, uh, unfortunately, pulls off the baby's head with the father watching, unfortunately. You know, now you have the social worker who offers, you know, she's speaking for, I guess, the hospital administration. She says, you know what, we'll uh, bury the baby. But you have to sign a waiver that says the autopsy has already been performed and that it won't be forwarded to the Legal Medical Institute. Who going to jail and how long they going to jail for, Pastor KL? Because this ain't no joke here. Well, everybody going to jail. Everybody going to jail. First of all, as, as the wife, you would have to give me money for my child and for my husband if the husband is me. Because I'm very squeamish. So if I see a head popping off a child, I'm stroking out, I'm having a heart attack, and I'm dying. I'm already dead. I don't have the energy to beat up the doctor. I can't fight. No, I'm dead. I'm done. Oh, my God. So now you have to give two checks. You know, so I, 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 I mean, even while you were telling the story, Pastor Steph, I almost hung up the phone. Because just, just the visual or just hearing about it. Yeah, that's No, no. I, I, I'm already dead. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this this is, you know, like I said, you know, it, it's like these, these, you know, I agree with Pastor Charlotte. Some, something that happened here before. Because it's, you're a little too comfortable being able, even if this was supposedly your first time. But with a, with this head thing, it this ain't the first time. Did they didn't botch some delivery or surgery or something? Because yeah. ain't no way in the world you would have felt that comfortable going to nobody making that type of an offer. That ain't happening. That is not happening. That, that must have been one of the. Was it, was it in Canada? Because you know Canada, they have babies for free. So no, it must have been it was, a free clinic or something. No, well, uh, see, that's the other place. I didn't say anything about it, but that's the other area I wanted to kind of reserve for you three. It was in Brazil. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, uh, do we have to say more? Then we'll talk about this in Brazil. Okay. Right, right, Okay. All right. So, your wife, she buys a scratch-off ticket past the KL, and she hits for tens of thousands of dollars. So, you say, oh, babe, we won. Let's put this into the joint account. <coughs> She says, I don't think so. What's your response? Well, I have to kind of put myself in the same place. So my response would be okay, because if I won tens of thousands of dollars, I might not have told nobody. You don't wonder why I, had to, why I had a fur coat in Alabama. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I you know, what was going on? You know, I would have just said, baby, they gave me a good bonus on the job. So, do you need anything? You know, <laughs> you know. Oh, God, I can't. Y'all you know. are a mess. Y'all are a mess. Since when did we become as one? Since when? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh my gosh. Pastor Charlotte leaving town. You gonna lie. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Oh my goodness. I ain't gonna lie, I just ain't gonna tell you. 
Stop lying. That's a, that's a lie of omission. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, your pastors really show your true colors on Tuesday. It says, tell the truth and sing the devil. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor KL. Let's talk to our Pastor Jeff. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are? How's everybody? <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. All right, Pastor Jeff. A few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the son who stole a car, and you said, "Well, you know what? I did the same thing when I was young, and uh, you know, you wouldn't come too hard on them." So, are you building a, a house back there, Pastor Jeff? No, I was coming down some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> What's your stairs made of? <laughs> this house is over oh 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right. So we got this 14-year-old. He steals the bus. He is now charged with vehicle theft. Aggravated assault, evading arrest, reckless driving, driving without a license, leaving the scene of a crash, failure to report a crash. They got him allegedly trying to run somebody over with the bus. They got him evading the spikes in the road. What kind of time are you giving him, Pastor Jeff, if you were to judge? A very long time because people try to act like 14-year-olds is really kids. All right. I, I don't see him as kids, and neither does the Jewish face. 13, you a man, okay? This dude is a, he's a maniac waiting, waiting, you know, to be, all right? Oh, so you need to go ahead and get him, off, get him off the road, get him off the streets, because, you know, clearly there's some mental illness there. He's a maniac, you know? You know, who does that? He intentionally trying to kill folks. All right, something wrong with him. You can't keep him on the street, you know. And I don't know if time even going to change that. You know, you crazy, you crazy. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, that is the truth. And that that's one of the reasons why, you know, he needs to be evaluated because, you know, this is all going on at a, at a very young age, you know, whether we consider them to be an adult or not. You know, this is going on way too young for this to be normal. <laughs> And, you know, like you said, if we throw them in a jail-type facility, they're not addressing any of this. So even if they let them out in 20 years, what good would that have done other than serve as a punishment because you're not addressing what his, you know, mental state really is? So he really needs to go into some type of a uh, medical facility to really be assessed. And I agree with that. Yes, because if, if if you don't if you don't lock him up, next thing you know he'll be busting stitches. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Say that again. Did you, no, 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 no. Did you just interrupt? I'm shutting your mic off for real. For real, I'm shutting your mic off. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. You know, you are not allowed to talk other than me asking you a direct question anymore. You cannot talk to anybody else 
on this broadcast. You are that's your permanent punishment. Oh my goodness gracious. Pastor Jeff, as we were saying. Yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. Uh yeah, he needs to get some kind of mental help because this it, it, locking I, him up twenty, thirty years ain't gonna it, do no good. Mm I'm, you know, I'm. It, it, it kind of bothers me how we kind of try to group people in. Like, these are children, these are not, this, that, and the other. I think you need to look at the crime. You understand? And 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 don't look at the age in that sense because you know, crazy is crazy. I know a little two-year-old boy. I think he was five in South Carolina when I was a little boy who shot his grandmother. I mean, literally got mad at her, got a gun, shot her, and killed her. You know? And then years later, years later, he didn't go to jail, of course, because he was five, right? Um, right. Years later, this dude ended up killing a lot of people. You know? Wow. And I'm saying, I, that, that stuff is, you know, that is real, and we need to really look at it. So they need to keep that boy in there a long time, watch him, Evaluate them, you know, and all of that, you know, because crazy, you know, crazy sometimes might go hiding for a while and come right back up. <laughs> no, and then, no, it's no. I never heard it put like that before. But no, you're absolutely right. And that's why I said they even put him in some type of juvenile detention center. It's not enough. He has got to go into some mental facility so they can really. Evaluate him because if you're 14 years old and this is what you're doing as of now, I agree. Locking him up is is really not going to um, is really not going to be a, 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 a remedy to what's going on with him. Oh my goodness! All right, Pastor Jeff. You know we're talking about this this blunder. This, I don't even want to know if you can call it a blunder. Maybe you'll find some other word for it, you know, um, that happened when this doctor in Brazil was delivering this baby. Um, the doctor, the, the, the father said he could see signs of life, so he knew the baby was alive. And now you have the social worker approaching with, you know, an offer that turns out to be some type of an, you know, some deal opposed to just an offer, um, a good deed offer, um, who goes to jail behind that one? How do you handle that one? I didn't really. What happened to the baby? Okay, so in uh, in Brazil there was a, a woman who they had to induce her labor. So after, you know, they did that, the doctor invited the father into the labor delivery room. And while the doctor was delivering the baby, he mistakenly pulled the baby's head off. Okay, okay. And as and the, the father, being the onlooker, said that he could see the eyes blinking and the baby's mouth moving, which was indication of life. And... Later, the social worker approaches the couple and offers, you know, we'll pay for the burial expenses, but you got to sign a waiver that says that the autopsy was already done and that it would not be, um, uh, the, the, the paperwork would not 
go and be and it wouldn't be forwarded to the legal medical institute. So I'm asking, what kind of repercussions behind this garbage? You know, if in your in your brain, if I could do something about this, here's how I would handle this. I'm saying that the doctor, that that hospital, whatever, that facility needs to be sued. It should be all over the news. I mean, how you mistakenly pull somebody, pull a baby head off? Evidently, you was incompetent. You know, and now Me. you're trying to cover it up. You know, nah, I, you know, a lot of noise should be made. Everybody should know about it. There should be a big lawsuit. Because how you rip a baby well, head off, and you a doctor? Yeah, that that was that was major negligence. Um, it was. It spread all over Brazil like wildfire. And um, now this part is all over the world like wildfire of your offer um, of the, um, of you know, just getting this, 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 this baby buried. This is how you offer, you know, to do that. So it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And how much it costs to bury a baby? So you're not offering right. a lot of money. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They 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 yes. picking on the fact that that those folks is poor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's the that's least. The least they shouldn't even have to bury the baby. The that facility should be burying the baby. <laughs> no, I agree. It's like well, you. This isn't. Uh, this isn't an, a, a straight out infant. You know, the burying, quote unquote. I mean, how much is it going to, I agree, how much is it going to cost to even do that? And, you know, and, and to even go through that process, to, 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 oh, gosh, they're disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. All right, Pastor Jeff. Lady Nicole says, I'm going to go by me a scratch off. I'm just going to take my chances. And she hits for tens of thousands of dollars. Now, Pastor Charlene is leaving town. Pastor KL is going to pretend like it never happened. He's just going to start popping up with some brand new stuff. She says, hey, you you say to her, oh, put this in the joint account, babe, you know. She says, oh, absolutely not. You may not even get any of this to begin with. <laughs> if you scratched off, I know what you would do, but how would you respond to that coming from her? Well, it would be a total shock because, you know, she brings all her money to that, you know. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'd, I'd probably be, you know, in shock, you know, wouldn't know what to say because I couldn't conceive her doing that, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not even in my, my brain. My baby's going to bring that money, you know, you know, to daddy and then we – we're going to figure out what we're going to do with that money. <laughs> All right, Pastor Jeff. And I'm going to leave you right there. I'm, I ain't even going to go further with that conversation. We, we don't want to blow Daddy's mind this morning. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I got a... Uh, I'm scared to even ask if there's a question on the floor. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead with what I had. You know, there's an article that talks about 
why pastors are so angry. Why are there so many angry pastors in the church? And uh, before I go to these, you know, the reasons they give and talk about it, what do you think, Pastor Charlene, why do you think there's so many angry pastors in the church? Just one. Just one? Okay. Uh, yeah. Because y'all make us angry. Y'all don't follow directions. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Elaborate. When we ask you to do something, you act like you don't understand. Like we speak in another language. Are you saying do something in the church? Are you saying do something in your life? What are we talking about? In the church. In the church. Oh, I thought we were talking about in the church. In the church. No, we're just asking why are there so many angry pastors in the church? Uh, It could be something that people are doing in the church. It could be something that they're doing or not doing in their life. I'm just trying to, you know, get get a little more specific. Okay, so you're saying when we ask you to do something in the church... You act like you don't know what we're asking you to do. Okay, okay. Right, you got to say it over and over and over and over again, yes. Okay. Pastor KL, why there's so many angry pastors in the church? Um, I don't think it's anger as much as frustration because, you know, God has put us here to, 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 to encourage and to advise. And sometimes when we give advice... You know, and we're telling them what does say of the Lord. They still want to go another way. And then when their way doesn't work out, they, call, they want to come running to you to fix them. You know, when, when we had already given you the, 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 the blueprints and the plans, you know, to, to, to fix whatever you were going through, you didn't like that way. It, it seemed too hard that way or seemed that you had to give up some stuff that you didn't want to give up. But now you done got worse, and now you want to, you want to try it another way. That's frustrating. All right, all right. Pastor Jeff, why there's so many angry pastors in the church? Well, because there's so many certain type of members in the church. (laughs) You know, you can make make your pastors angry. But it is frustrating when you can clearly see and you're trying to get other folks to see what's good for them and they deliberately do what's bad for them. I mean, I guess that would make you frustrated and angry and all of that, you know, and then, you know, when you're loyal to people and then clear as day, they're this, you know, they, they're, they're disloyal or, or you work with a, with a, with an honesty that they don't have. I mean, that can, that, you know, that a lot of stuff can get, I guess, get you angry like Moses. Moses put his heart into it, and then the people just wouldn't hear, wouldn't see, wouldn't listen, and he got frustrated and ended up not making it into the promised land because of it. So, you know, what can I say? The the people make those pastors that way, right, if the pastors don't be careful. I would say so. Amen. Well, it's funny because none of those things are on this list. Now, it doesn't say that it's not the truth, because I think that that would be number one, either what Pastor Charlotte said about, you know, trying to get things done in the church, um, 
and you constantly have to stay behind people or like you you know like you two gentlemen have said you know we're trying to advise you I did Pastor Charlton did we not just have this conversation yesterday um you know we mm-hmm. try to advise you of things and then you know again God gives you a view of things and you have your own route you want to go and it don't work out and now you back it's like well what you want me to say <laughs> i can't help you now you know and it's like well you know can you pray i don't know about all that but you know it it, it is it does become very frustrating one of the things that they are listing as to why you know the pastors are angry they're saying social media they say the way social media um, has made people, um, how people are relying on social media, how people are following what's being shown in social media, and now they want to be copycats. And it's making their lives more difficult, the life of the member and the life of the pastor. Because now with social media, you've got more to contend with. And it's almost like, I guess the analogy they're making is it's almost pastor, social media, and congregate like mom, TikTok, and child. So now it's not only battling what they are going through themselves, but now what they're pulling up on social media. Would you agree with that, Pastor Charlotte? Yes, to a point, um, because they are following. It's so much negative um, on there that the people are following because nobody is challenging them of what is right. So, yes. It can be very frustrating. All right. Pastor KL, would you agree that social media is adding to the difficulty, you know, in pastoring these days? Uh, definitely, 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 because you, know, you have a lot of people who, who have promoted themselves to pastor. You know, and now they're giving advice that, that's contradictory to the word, you know, and people are sitting there and, and they're, they're eating it up. And then when they come to, to, to church and we tell them what thus says the word, they, they want to debate with us because of what they heard from someone else. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely challenging and it, it's difficult. Okay. Pastor Jeff, would you agree with that? Social media is making a mess of people. I mean, I don't think so. I, you know, I kind of disagree in the sense that it's just people are being seen more now because of so. It's just a marketing thing, and it always was what it is. Now you just can see it, you know, more with it, like with everything else. You can see what these pastors are thinking, what they're preaching, what you know, what they believe in. And, the, the idiots in the pulpit, you know, you can just see it more now because they're not confined in no building. So, I, you know, I, you just got to understand that's just how it is. And, you know, open your eyes. And this is this is the real real. I, I don't think it's, you know, I guess I disagree. Okay, okay, okay. 
they're listing lack of growth. That pastors are angry because the church, you know, I've spoken to several pastors, um, and that's all that they, you know, that that's what they've said. You know, since COVID, you know, in the pandemic, they lost a lot of members. They're not angry, but this is what the article is listing, that, you know, the lack of growth has added to the frustration and now has turned to anger um, because, you know, people don't want physical church anymore. Would you agree with that, Pastor KL? Um, Are you talking not, to the mute? Not really. Oh, no, okay. I have you talking to me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, you know, contrary to what people believe, some of the folks who didn't come back, you didn't want them back anyway. You know, they just caused a lot of trouble in the church and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you know, because what God has for you is for you. You know, he's going to bring who he wants there. So you just have to get, keep on trusting in God. Okay, okay. Pastor Jeff, would you agree with the, the lack of growth? has added to the frustration and anger of a pastor? Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I see a lot of pastors feeling bad for themselves these days because they, you know, their pews are empty. So, yeah, I could, you know, that wouldn't make you frustrated. You're preaching your heart out, you're doing everything. And a lot of folks are doing the same thing they've been doing and they had success and now it's not working. And that would frustrate you, but they don't realize it's a new season and new methods, and you got to reinvent yourself if you want to, you know, stay on top of it. But they, like, a lot of times they can't get out of their mold, and that's, you know, that's what's happening. You know, but you can't blame social media in that sense. You know, COVID and all of that, you know, people are looking, looking for a, a reason to, to leave. And an excuse to leave. So now you got to ask God, what, you know, what are the tools we're going to use to actually bring them in? But do do the Lord want us to pack them in like 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 we used to? You know, is that ah, what we want? Because Jesus sent them out. He didn't pack them in. Mm. All right, you give you walking on something that I was coming to, Pastor Jeff. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Because that's exactly what my next question was going to be. Uh, let's finish the round. Pastor Charlene, you know, uh, lack of growth. Would that make a pastor angry? Can that make a pastor angry? Would it make sense to be angry? Okay, well, we know that we have choices, right? Talking about the congregants as well as us. Does it make us angry? Yes, especially when you have put your time in with people and then all of a sudden it's like you've never had conversation with them, you've never uh, taught them or, you know, and so where that the frustration comes in because now the first time, you know, sometimes you'll first look at the self and then you'll say, well, what happened? You know, but people are people, and people make choices of what they want to do. So sometimes it is frustrating when you look at one, you know, what you used to have, but God is doing the plucking right now and, you know, separating, and people are being who they really are and what they really want to do. So is that a yes or a no? 
<laughs> I said yes at the beginning. Yes. So yes, it would make you angry? <laughs> yes, it can. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I missed, I missed it. I love what you said. I just missed the yes or the no. Mm-hmm. All right. So yes. now that we see that there's, you know, the church is emptied, you know, has emptied out. Um, very few people have gained membership more than lost membership. How do we get them back in the church? Now, we're not talking about whether we pack them in or not. That's that's separate. That is separate. Or whether God wants us to pack it in. Just because we know that the buildings are there, so they're not supposed to be empty. We still have the scripture that says, forsake not the assembly. So we do know that we still need to have and we should have physical church. Um, but how do we get them, you know, back in the church? Pastor K.L.? You know, again, we, we go out and we minister, and we go out and we witness, you know, and we, we tell them just to take what the, what the Bible says. And, and you know, we, we kind of show them where they are now. And where they are now. Wait, 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 wait. Pastor Kale, you're cutting off really, really badly. Hold on, let me get down from this ledge. Can you hear me now? Yes, better. Thank you. you now say what you said from the okay. beginning, please. Okay, I, I I say you know we go out and we witness and and we minister to people, you know where where they are, you know in the streets or go to their homes if you find that they're not coming to church and you know that they need to, you know you go to their house. You make that you make that phone call. It, it's up to us to make that extra to go that extra mile. You know we 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 have to let them know that that you know they need to come back. They need to hear the words. You know, a lot of times when, when you hear the word on, on the computer or on Zoom or whatever, you're not really hearing it because you're distracted. Because because you're in the house, you're not necessarily just sitting there. You're cooking dinner. You're, 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 you're disciplining the kids. So, so you miss a lot of stuff. You know, so it's important that, that you come to church so that you can hear the word and, and that, that it's just you and God. You know, because you need something from God. So, so the, the man or woman of God is, is the mouthpiece of God. So they're, they're, they're speaking a word just for you. So it's important that you come. Okay, okay. Pastor Jeff, how do we get them back in the building? The Bible says that a wise man winners souls. <laughs> um, and we're to be as gentle as doves and wise as serpents, okay? We, you ha- we have to strategize. We have to... You know, see what how what the the see. You got to remember the enemy. You know, he he's not dumb, and he's used a whole lot of tools to get him out of the church. Well, then let's look at the tools that he used to to pull him out, and then reverse that because we know everything was made to glorify God. So we got to get him in through the athletics. We got to back in through the music. You know through the theater, through all of the stuff that's out there that's drawing them out. You know, they're not interested in just sitting in the pews listening to you anymore. So then you got to preach through the arts, preach through all of the stuff that's out there. And I believe that's the message that God wants us to use in this season. You know, and you're going to see that, Pastor, because I'm about to do all that over on something more about. <laughs> <laughs> all right now. 
All right now, I'm 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 right with you. I'm right with you. I'm right with you in, in the process of doing some things. So yeah, let's go, Pastor Jeff. Let's go, Pastor Charlene. How are we getting them back in the church? Well, you have to be creative. Um, one, I do. I'm part of a few outreach ministries. And then I come up with, um, God has led me to do different kinds of services. For example, um, I just recently did one which was called Souls, Shoes of the Soul. And I, it was like a shoe fashion show, for example. And every shoe told a story. So, like, with that being said, it was something that they never seen before. And God gave it to me with that it drawed in people who don't go to church, drawed in people who do go to church, drawed in those that left the church because it was something that was, wow, that's interesting, never saw that before. And it was led by Scripture as well um, and making it fun with that once you get them there is when you can able to bring in the word. And then that's how that was able to come to pass. And they had a great time with it. Wow, nice, nice, nice. I like that, I like that, I like that. All right. Pastor Jeff made a statement. You know, we're not supposed to pack them in, you know, before. You know, with the big cathedrals, you know, that's what we knew. You know, um, they were in there like sardines at times and you know, this is this is what we knew. We only focused on bringing them in and and getting them in there and preaching and the choir and the offering and you know, maybe a praise dance, you know, or you know, liturgical um presentation and they were back out the door. Um I'll start with you, Pastor KL. You know, are we, what's your thought on, you know, just getting them back up in there and, and, and not going out more than bringing them in and packing them up in there, you know, to just preach to them? Well, I mean, first of all, you got you to do, do it one by one, soul by soul. You know, when, when, when you have in your mind mega church and all that stuff, you, you're already thinking a lot of people. You're not thinking in the you know, and a lot of times in mega churches, we, we're not individual. You know, we, we we don't get a chance to talk to the pastor, to talk to the to the ministers. You know, I, I think that if we start thinking one by one and ministering one by one and one brings in one and then they bring in their family, I think that's the best way. If, if you never fill, fill the whole church to capacity, to me, you should be okay. Because, again, I, I always say God has sent there that Sunday, that Saturday, who he needs to hear from, you know, who, who, who he needs, who they need to hear from, you know. So I, I think it's important that, that we just go one by one, so by so. You know, if, if, if it fills up, great. If it doesn't, you know, so God be the glory of the ones that are there. All right, all right. Pastor Jeff, um, you know, you, you made the statement, you know, we're not supposed to be packing them in there. Um, why do you say that? Well, I'm saying conventionally we shouldn't be packing them in there 
But if you put on, use the strategies that God has given us in this season to use, they'll be there. But they're not going to be there the, the way they used to be there. You know, they're not going to just be sitting, sitting. They want to be doing, you know, and they, they don't, you know, that generation of just sitting there listening and, and, and getting all that word and, and never regurgitating it and utilizing it, you know, and that's, that's how they're going to they're going to come when you show them how what they can do with what they're going to get that you have to give them you know that you know that's how i see it okay 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 pastor and, and also the fr- the, the frustration with these pastors is they can't get their bills paid now that the people aren't there because right. they rely solely on the tithes and offering and that's right. another thing that needs to be revamped you know, you gotta start putting, put building these things that bring in the money outside of the tithes and offering, so the frustration won't be there when trying to get these buildings paid for. Right, right, right. Good point. Good point. Pastor Charlotte, you know, what's your take on, you know, bringing them up in there, packing them up in there? like sardines and you know just giving them the word uh pastor just says oh that season is gone absolutely um i will want the ones that want god um before it was just open house people was coming for just a reason you know for whatever reason you know i'm present i could say i went to church today you know, and they ain't trying to do anything. They're not trying to help the ministry. They ain't trying to any of that. So I want the ones that come in. It doesn't have to be packed, but it can be powerful because with a few, you can do a mighty great thing for the kingdom, right? So, therefore, I want those Man. that want to know God, that wants to be able to grow, that wants to um, do God's will, you know. Um, so I know that the Lord... Uh, has certain people for our all of our certain voices, you know, somebody who he has just for us, who he just has for you, for you know, for everybody personally to hear that word, you know, because every, for me, every pastor is not for everybody, right? So I just want who he has, and right now in the season, doing COVID and all that, he did a lot of plucking, he did a lot of people who showing who they are, but do you really want Christ? Because then that way that the pastor won't be so frustrated when it's time to do something. He will have the willing workers that wants to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Ooh, all right. So I'm going to give you a chance to, you know, have a round of speak to the people, speak to our listeners. You know, what do you want to say to those who Today, today is a different message than a message we gave five weeks ago. What do you want to say? Speak to them directly. You know, what do you want to say to them when, you know, they're at home and they've lost the the desire? You know, I'm tired of just going to church and just sitting there and, um, you know, we're not doing anything. It's the same old, same old. You know, I don't, I don't want to get out there and, you know, I can stay home and get the same thing. What do we say to them today? And I'll start with you, Pastor KL.
I think I think the first thing we say is that even um you know the song in the world that says nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You know, you 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 you, you got to put something in it to get something out of it. You know, if if you're just going as routine, then that's what you're going to get out of it, just something from routine. But if you're going there with expectancy, or if you're going there saying, Pastor, this is what I desire to do. I, I want to work in the church. If, if, you, if you're going there with, 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 with more than just occupying the pew, I think you can get more out of it. So at first it starts with you. First it starts with the motivation in you. First it starts with the inspiration in you that I need something from God. I need something just more than just sitting on this couch. I need something just more than just going to work every day and coming home. I need something to just praying by myself. I, I, I need to be around a group of people that, that can speak into my life, that can pray with me, that I can touch and agree. It has to start with you that, that this is what you need, not necessarily what you want. You know, we need these things in, in, in our life in order to get to the next level in Christ. So we have to first understand and identify the necessities and the needs in our life in order to move on. Amen, amen. All right. Pastor Jeff, what are you saying to the people who are home and who just don't feel like there's a need to come out? Well, I say don't let the devil trick you because, you know, you you bring something to the table. God has put something in you to bring to that place to bring it to where it should be. So if you're just complaining about it and, and you know, and I'm going to sit home and get out, that's the trick of the enemy. You need to be about your father's business. You need to bring, you know, voice your opinions to your pastor and voice them to the church and help the church get to where it should be in this hour. Don't just sit up there and complain and, you know, and sit at home because who's being affected? There's no souls being one. You're not operating in your gift. So get up, get up out of that, that, that state of mind and be about what God says. Amen. Amen. Pastor Charlotte, what are you saying to God's people today? One, we all have a job to do. Um, we say we love God and we say we trust God. What we need to do is do for God. We are supposed to get out here and be the ambassadors for him. We're supposed to be able to come together um, and being able to go back to the drawing board. Um, that's what I did. Let's go back and let's see what worked, what didn't work. Let's see how we can be able and bring your, your ideas, you know, and where we sit at the table and being able to see how can we help. How can I help you help you? You know, so therefore that we need to be able to stay connected, sitting home. We're not doing what we normally do. I'm frustrated too. Wish we could stay home. I'm sure every pastor would like to say that too. There's some days you don't want to come. Some days you don't want to, but you have to push your way because it's not about us. It's all about God, and it's about God's business. So therefore, we are able to come together, and then we'll be able to go out there to be able to tell somebody about Christ and being able to help someone and show the love that Christ has put in us that we are supposed to do for one another. So I say to you, it's not about staying home. Yes, is it comfortable? Yes, we got all got comfortable. But you know what? It's time for us to rise up, 
dust ourselves off and get back to the business of the Lord and being able to do what he called us to do. Because how can you say that you are a preacher and you ain't been preaching nowhere? How can you say that you are a deacon and you ain't trying to do nothing? So, therefore, let's get together and be able to know. You said that you have these titles and God called you. Well, it's time for us to pull up our sleeves and let's go and do God's business. Amen, amen. Oh, thank you, all three of you, our pastors, for your contribution into today's conversation. Thank you for speaking to our listeners and encouraging them to get back on up in that building. And we pray you have a blessed day. You too. God bless y'all. Thank you. You, thank you. All right. All righty. Oh, nice, short, and sweet, that benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Philemon. One twenty-five. You know, our pastors brought up a lot of um, good points today in regards to the mentality on both sides of the fence, the mentality on the side of the fence of the pastor and the side of the fence of the, the people. And I always like to go straight to the Word of God. The Word of God um, says, forsake not yourself from the assembly. You know, gather together with those who are like-minded. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy for us to stay at home, turn on YouTube or, you know, some podcast, a preacher or someone, and... You know, listen, but but as was said, I believe Pastor K.L. said, you know, you're not focusing. You're not focusing on what the word that's being given. So no matter how loud you turn up the TV, you know, are you chilling in the bed? Um, Are you just sitting there with your hand underneath your chin? Are you reprimanding the kids? Are you trying to fix them breakfast? Are you putting it on pause? You know, um, I got to go to the bathroom, you know. What are you doing? Are you cleaning the house? Are you straightening up? Are you folding clothes? Are you doing laundry? You know, all of these things, it's convenient. We agree. It's very convenient for you to stay at home and, quote, unquote, get the word. However, there's a prescription. There's a prescription laid out. And when we don't follow the prescription on the bottle, and I've given this example before, when we don't follow the prescription on the bottle, we don't get the results that we want to get. And, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there where we want to get. You know, we know we need the word. We know we need, you know, to to have a better life. You know, you know you need to make the better decisions. You know you need a relationship with the Lord, you know, you know you need to do better. But are we willing to follow the prescription and the instructions and not do it our way? And I I, I said this before, and I remember when I went to the doctor, and I don't know how we can, I told you yesterday, I do a whole lot of rambling when I'm with the doctor, 
And I don't know how I ended up saying one time a day that I was taking this medicine. And she said, no, you should be taking it two times a day. And I said, no, one time a day. And she said, no, two times a day. So I'm saying to myself, well, I read the bottle. She's getting me mixed up with someone else. She got a whole lot of patients. And, you know, maybe she told them two times a day. But I know my bottle didn't say two times a day. It said one time a day. And I came home, (laughs) and voila, bing, I looked at the bottle, and it said, take one two times a day. And I was like, how did you miss that? How did you miss that stuff? You've been taking this medicine forever. No wonder, you know, your numbers are not quite where they need to be. Well, assess your numbers. And figure out why your numbers are not where they're supposed to be. Are you following the instructions on the prescription? Are we doing it our way by mistake? Ooh. Are we doing it our way by from negligence? Or are we doing it our way because we don't want to follow the prescription? See, we gotta ask ourselves that question because I have to honestly say at the end of the day it was my negligence because it was my intent to do it the right way but whatever happened something distracted me or I wasn't paying attention or whatever the situation was at the end of the day it was Stephanie's fault that I was not taking the medicine the way I was supposed to and it ultimately was Stephanie's fault that I wasn't getting the results that I was expecting to get. And I couldn't figure out why if I was taking this medicine the way I was supposed to be taking the medicine, why things quite weren't the way they were supposed to be. Are you sitting at home trying to figure out why things are not the way they're supposed to be? Is that your issue today? Are you sitting at home turning on T.D. Jake's uh, uh, Jamal Brown or whoever, whoever else, and you just can't figure out why he ain't acting right, why she's still spending money or she don't want to share the lottery ticket with you, why she playing lottery in the first place, why the kids just ain't doing what they're supposed to, because I'm doing everything right. I'm in my work. I turn on TD Jakes every day. I get up and I, I, I say thank you to God every day. I get up and I worship God every day. You might be doing all of that, but are you following the prescription? Are you following what you're supposed to be doing or are you doing it your way? Because, see, now we've got to move out of the realm of doing things our way. Nah. Long gone them days of doing it our way. Because can one of us say, and I just had this conversation with Pastor Charlotte yesterday, can one of us say that we actually did it the way we were supposed to be doing it, whether it came from... um you know, uh, how do you say it, from, from, from God's mouthpiece, 
whether it was in the church, whether it was outside the church, did God use someone to speak to us? Because, see, that's what happens when you go to physical church. See, T.D. Jakes ain't talking to you. Whatever he says may have something to do with you. It just might be in on your block. But is that what you want? Or do you want God's servant to speak directly to you? See, is T.D. Jakes being on your block good enough for you? Is that how you're going to get that relationship with God that you need? Is that how everything in your house going to turn around and be the way it's supposed to be, the way you need it to be, because T.D. Jakes is on your block? Or do you want that leader to be in your life? Because, see, that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a very targeted God, a God that says whatever I have for you is for you. And I want you to hear directly from me. I don't want you to hear the one who's standing on your block. I want you to hear someone that's standing in your face. But see, here's the problem. We don't want that. We don't want that. Because see, when God speaks to you in your face, oh, he's coming for you. Oh, he's coming for you big time. He's coming for you and only you. And see, when it comes that close to home, and it makes us a little uncomfortable, and he's telling us, to, she's telling us to do something we don't quite want to do, or we don't quite see that's necessary, or when we want to go our own way, or when we have our mind fixed on doing our own thing, see, we don't want it that close to home. See, we want somebody on our block. See, if we got to go five blocks too far, it's too far to go. I want convenience. I want to tell God how to give me his message. I want to tell God when to give me his message. I want to tell God the words to use when it's time for me to get my message. So, see, I really don't want God. I want to dictate what God gives to me. And that's why we are not in the church. That's why. Because, see, now it becomes real personal. Now it becomes targeted. Now when I go to church and you stepping on my toes, now I'm uncomfortable and I need to go and hide so that I can do what I want to do. See, I don't want you knocking on my door. I just need you to knock on, bring the intercom downstairs and just get in the building. I don't want you up at my house. Because, see, when you're up at my house, see, now I can't do what I want to do comfortably because, see, the Spirit of the Lord is always knocking. So when it brings back to your remembrance what exactly it is that God said to you five weeks ago, and now you're feeling uncomfortable, you don't like that feeling. So, see, I'd rather stay at home and look at T.D. Jakes on TV. I'd rather stay at home and listen to Joyce Meyer on the TV. I'd rather listen to Joel Osteen give me a nice little fable and a tale. I don't want the word. I don't want the hard word. I don't want the world that's going the word that's going to change my life. I don't want that. I want what's going to make me feel comfortable. What's going to sound nice? What's going to feel good? So in the in the, in the actuality of it all, you don't want God. That's why you won't go up into the church building. Because you really don't want God. You want God 
to be your servant. You want God to work for you, but you don't want to work for God. Because, see, to work for God, he's the boss, and he's going to tell you how to put that uniform on. He's going to tell you if you need them seven creases. He's going to tell you what colors to wear. He's going to tell you to put on them those, those uh, slip freeze. Can't walk around in your sneakers or some sandals. You got to put the right thing on your feet so that you don't slip and fall. But because they don't feel quite comfortable, because they don't look nice, I don't want to wear them. So, see, you want to dictate to God. And can I let you know something? That ain't never going to work. Because, see, God is the almighty God. God is the almighty creator. See, God formed you. You didn't form God. So, see, we're going to have to take a little instruction here. Whether it hurts, whether it feels good, whether we like it, whether we want it, whether it's going to come in a season when we don't want it. We're going to have to concede and be willing to put the our all on the altar. We're going to have to be willing to surrender it all. See, it can't be about us because it ain't about you. It's about that next life. God needs to use you to get to the next life. God needs to use you to get to your husband or your wife. God needs to use you to get to your children. So since we want to customize this thing, let me help you understand it ain't going to work. When the doctor gives you that bottle and you pick it up from the from the pharmacy, when you read that instruction, you're going to take and follow those instructions. Well, guess what? That's what the Bible is. The Bible is your set of instructions. You can't do it your way or you will remain broke. You can't do it your way or you will remain unsuccessful. You will remain miserable. So how about doing it God's way? How about doing it the way the Lord says, I need you to do it for you. What works for someone else is not going to work for you. What someone else is doing ain't what you are doing. It's not what you're doing. See, I couldn't take that medication one time a day and get that same effect where someone actually could. So do I want God my way or do I want God his way? I think I'm going to take God his way because doing it my way ain't never worked and it never will. Remember that. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, our pastors, for helping us keep focused today. All thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not, please do not uh, minimize this here and accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not negate letting God do his perfect work with you you, in you, and about you, and for you. Come on, people. Let's do this right, because later ain't promised to any of us. 
I'm saying ain't, yes, I'm going straight there. Ain't no time to be proper. You either do this or you die in sin, and you might be on your way to hell. That's the way it needs to go down today. Until tomorrow, God spares our life, where it's Wow Wednesday. I love you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.